You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to John Canzano coming up here momentarily. We hope uh, John makes magic happen for the Oregonian. Uh, you can read his work online at OregonLive.com. Uh, and John's been uh, covering the Larry Scott story throughout the day. And I think he's currently hacked into uh, the Zoom call uh, that Larry is having with his uh, his staff. So... Uh, but it looks like we might get him. But yeah, I'm reading the tweets as he's reporting what Larry's saying on the Zoom call. I thought, oh, that's funny. It's interesting. John is, as you said, John's been all over this for months now, and uh, he really knows what he's talking about and really good stuff. Looking forward to talking with him. By the way, that was used to be my girl. We just heard that one that. was right there. That all was- right. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Uh, as we mentioned, he makes the magic happen for the Oregonian. Check him out, OregonLive.com. He's John Canzano with us here on The Big Show. John, how are you? Really well, Jake Gordon. Uh, doing all right. I'm hopeful, like a lot of people in the Pac-12 footprint today. Well, let's, <laughs> yeah, right. Let's, let's jump right into it because uh, we know you're very, very busy. What was kind of your initial reaction when you saw the news? I wasn't surprised. The timing of it really made me feel like they were trying to dump it sort of in the wake of the inauguration news and get it lost in that coverage. You know, certainly Larry Scott's tenure with the Pac-12 has not been something that the Pac-12 is excited about. The CEO group hasn't wanted to talk about it. They want to really move forward. And I talked to three presidents today who all said this is now about moving forward. So I'm all for that. I think fans are all for that. But this was overdue. This is not a surprise to anyone. Larry Scott had run this conference into the ground and, you know, was not focused on what he could do for the conference members anymore. And I think they really needed a a breath of fresh air. So uh, there's lots to talk about with you, John, about this. And you've done a great job reporting this for a long, long time now. And uh, really good stuff. I'd encourage all our listeners to check out John's uh, columns. But uh, I want to jump ahead a little bit here. Jake and I were talking earlier how long is it going to take a new, fresh leader to to get this thing out of that ditch you were talking about? Yeah, I keep thinking about what would my first move be? You know, if you're made conference commissioner today, what's your first move? And I feel like there's such a disconnect right now from the campuses to the commissioner's office that my first move, if the three of us were conference you know, commissioners today, you know, what are we going to do? I think we're going to spend like two days at every university just listening, right? We're not going to stay at some fancy hotel. We're not going to eat at some five-star restaurant. We're just going to show up and say, what can we do to help you? And, in fact, Kirk Schultz, the president at Washington State, told me this morning, I asked him, what are you looking for? And he says, I'm looking for somebody who's going to ask every member of this conference, what can I do for you? Because they don't feel like they've been served by the conference very well in 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 you know recent years and certainly the media rights negotiation of 2024 is going to be a big development for them a pivot point but they got to figure out what they're going to do with the network what they're going to do with the downtown san francisco headquarters that lease is up in the end of 2022 a lot of decisions in the short term 
I mean, so in light, in light of the presidential inauguration, what you're saying is they should say, ask not what your country can do for you. <laughs> say amen to that. You know, big step forward. And uh, I think, too, you know, I really am looking at people who have campus experience. A lot of athletic directors or people who have worked on campuses in their past as top, you know, shortlist candidates in, in my world. Well, maybe you already or just answered this, John, but I made the joke earlier today that they should hire uh, one of Robert Chapek's three kids. But what what do you think that they're going to be prioritizing in their next commissioner? Is it that? Is it campus experience? I think it's going to be somebody who understands the challenges of an athletic director, somebody who knows what a student athlete goes through, somebody who can relate to the alumni who are frustrated and you know would like to see their teams be competitive. They've gone the Harvard-educated attorney route, it got them here. No better off than they, than they were 10 years ago, right? It, it, this is a opportunity for the conference to correct, find somebody who's got campus experience. I'm looking at candidates like Greg Byrne, who's now the athletic director at Alabama. I think that's definitely somebody they'll want to talk with. He was at Arizona as an AD. He worked at Oregon State in the athletic department. He worked at Oregon. His dad was the AD at Oregon. He went to Arizona State. His brother went to Stanford. It's that type of person I think they're going to be interested in talking with to see if, you know, what did you learn in the SEC that you could bring back to the campus? Gloria Navarez, the WCC commissioner, she, was, she has a law degree from Cal. She worked at the Pac-10 office and was in charge of basketball many years ago. She's interesting to me. That's somebody they'd want to talk with. So I think it's those kinds of candidates, people that know what the campuses go through on a daily basis that are going to become attractive to them. They can outsource the negotiation for the media rights. Everybody's doing that now. The SEC hired an outside agency to go negotiate that. You don't have to be an attorney who is familiar with negotiating contracts to be able to be the commissioner of this conference. Not anymore. That's old school thinking. Well, I guess the new commissioner doesn't necessarily have to be well-versed in the X's and O's of football, but they sure better understand the importance of it, right? Because I swear it seemed like Larry Scott got lost in that. Didn't know it. I mean, he was a tennis player, you know, Harvard-educated tennis player. And who did he hire as his right hand? He hired Woody Dixon, another attorney who didn't know football. And, you know, he got some basketball people. Jamie, Jamie Zaninovich knows basketball, but there was nobody – in the conference who understood football and the coaches would complain that they would have conversations with the conference office and the conference did not understand their challenges and scheduling and you know why can't you play a 7 p.m kickoff or turn around on a short week or what about this rule change that's being proposed that they really felt like it was you know you're from mars i'm from venus when they were talking to the conference commissioners so I think that's really a astute point. You know, Merton Hanks might help there, but, you know, Larry Scott brought Merton Hanks in and didn't listen to him, didn't let him be part of the conversation. He was absent from some of those early news conferences this year where football was talked about. And I was like, hold on, this is supposed to be the football whisperer in the conference. So you better have somebody who understands how important that is because uh, he didn't get it. What is the most likely end game for the network, John? I think that they're going to disband it. I think they've already gutted it. All that remains right now, if you look at it, you know, it's Mark Shukin, who's head of the network, Larry Myers, who's in charge of content. They have a bare-bones staff. They've absolutely gutted it. It's a shame because 
that thing, when it was functioning, had big aspirations. And Lydia Murphy Stevens, who was formerly the head of the network, built that thing. It, it cost a lot of money to build, and then they abandoned it when it served them to abandon it in, here at the early part of the pandemic. So I think the move there is to turn around as you're negotiating in 2024. Try to sell that to FS1. Try to sell it to ESPN. Because I think the problem they're going to have is there's just not a lot of inventory on ESPN right now and FS1 that's left over after the SEC's big deal. I think what I would want here if I'm the conference is I want a partner who understands how to run a network and would have some skin in the game. Sell 51% of it to ESPN, and then ESPN's not going to ignore it at that point. ESPN's going to get the Pac-12 network some exposure. John, uh, Utah will always look fondly on Larry Scott, at least for getting him in the conference to begin with. But uh, because I'm a positive guy, Jake is more of a negative guy, you know, so I try to <laughs> lift the program up a little bit. Here. Why it work. <laughs> Can you, other than the $2.5 million bonus that Larry assigned to himself <laughs> when everybody else was getting fired, can you name, name us one thing that Larry Scott did that was a good thing? If you're a fan of women's college basketball, you have to look at the rise of women's basketball in his tenure, and you have to give him a pat on the back because while he didn't do much for football or men's basketball, the women's college basketball scene in the Pac-12 conference is powerful. And I think that's because those games were on the Pac-12 network. Nobody benefited more and the powerful women's college basketball teams in the conference. It has become the best women's college basketball conference in the country on his watch because of that. Well, John, we know you're extraordinarily busy uh, today, and we appreciate you making a few minutes for us. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you take care, and I appreciate you guys. I think I think it's really interesting. I've talked to a lot of people across the conference today, and Utah fans, Colorado fans, Arizona fans, Oregon fans, Washington fans, everybody's in the same boat today. I feel like we're in it together, and, you know, it hasn't felt that way, I think, in a long time. So I appreciate you and your listeners. John, one last thing I wanted to pass along to you. I got a letter from a, a Pac-12 president after I ripped him in a column uh, uh, not that long ago, and I'll never forget what that thing said. The president was just all over it, He's so angry at Larry Scott and his lack of leadership. I thought that was really telling, and I think that was, that was pretty well illustrated uh, by what happened this week. Yeah, and it's. I think they get it. This is a new era of presidents and chancellors. These are not the same animals that hired Larry Scott a decade ago. You have 10 new presidents and chancellors in the conference that were not part of the original deal. This morning, as I talked to three of them, they said, look, we weren't here. We, we didn't negotiate that deal. They, they, they pretty much vowed that the next conference commissioner will not be a suit who's overpaid, they, they do not want the talking point for the conference to center around the salary of the conference commissioner. Um, Washington State's president said, I'm tired of that narrative. But the fact that you've heard from a president, the fact that they're telling me, uh, you know, hey, I uh, appreciate your reporting, even though the reporting's been largely critical of them, tells me a lot. I think, I think they want to win and they want to be good. They sounded to me more like fans, right? That email you got was more like a fan who was writing to you saying, I'm so angry about it. We need that from the conference presidents and chancellors. Well, thank you, John. We appreciate it. Thank great, you, guys. Great work. Great work, John. 
That's the great John Canzano. Uh, it makes it uh, makes the magic happen for the Oregonian. Uh, you can read his stuff online, OregonLive.com. And yeah, his uh, his reporting on Larry Scott throughout his tenure of the Pac-12 has has been really really good. Do you remember when uh, they invited John to the Pac-12 headquarters after the the Woody <laughs> Dixon replay story? Yeah. And uh, they showed him, you know, this is the the replay area. And then he looks right next to the replay area and he's like, wait a minute, is Woody Dixon's office still right next to this thing? (laughs) They're like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. That's another Woody. (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. We fixed everything. I mean, Woody Dixon is not involved in the replay uh, or any of that stuff any longer. We fixed it. Isn't that his office right there? Well, yeah. Yeah. He's not in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny. oh man it just you know larry was larry was out of touch that, that is for sure all right stay tuned 97.5 and 1280 the zone